I'm Thomas. And I'm Zach. And today, we've got a monster for you. A fancy item. And some DM tips for those who want to do math. No, wait. A fancy item. It's kind fancy. of fancy. Okay. All right. It's I guess magic fancy. is fancy. It's expensive it's as every fancy. item. Magic item is in D&D. It's, it's wondrous. It's, I guess, fancy may be an understatement. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Magical fanciness. All right, so I'm going to be kicking us off with today's monster. Uh, today's monster can be found on page 133 of the Monster Manual. We're going to cover the fairy dragon today. Uh, the fairy dragon is a cat-sized dragon with butterfly wings. It wears a sharp-toothed grin and expresses its delight by the twitches of its tail, its merriment fading only if it is attacked. So uh, I imagine... The Cheshire Cat, but but Dragon. <laughs> no, that's pretty close, but not. I, I, wasn't the Cheshire Cat kind of mean? Uh yes. So, well, that gets us right into uh, uh, this guy is described as an invisible trickster. So the only warning of a fairy dragon's presence is a stifled, 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 stifled. giggle. Uh, <laughs> the dragon stays out of sight, watching invisibly as its victims contend with its pranks when its fun is done the dragon might reveal itself depending on the disposition of its prey so yeah a little mean kind of fits the bill i mean pranks aren't always mean like he's just trying to have some fun there's youtube pranks and there's fun friendly pranks (laughs) where you just confuse the viewer the other one is considered assault (laughs) This I'm not seems sure like the fairy confusion. dragon has a YouTube channel, so maybe he's I mean, like and yeah, subscribe. And I, guess, I guess it's uh, up to the DM how uh, vicious these pranks are. Right. Uh, so uh, the manual also describes the, the fairy dragon is friendly and bright. A fairy dragon has a sharp mind, a fondness for treasure and good company, and a puckish sense of humor. Travelers can play to a fairy dragon's draconic nature by offering it treasure in the form of sweets, baked goods, and baubles in exchange for information or safe passage through its territory. I didn't know I was married to a fairy dragon. (laughs) (laughs) What? Because I like sweets? And baked goods and baubles. I do like baubles, too. (laughs) I like dice. Do those count as baubles? Absolutely. Oh, shit. I'm a dice goblin. I'm a fairy dragon. I do like sweets and baked goods, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're all fairy dragons at heart. It's fine. Um, and, and... Just like the fairy dragons, we show our age with colors. Uh, I think I lost the metaphor. Great. Uh, <laughs> a fairy dragon's <laughs> scales change hue as it ages, moving through all the colors of the rainbow. All fairy dragons have innate spellcasting ability, gaining new spells as they mature. Uh, so it provides a nice little table here of a red dragon is five years or less. An orange dragon is 6 to 10 years old. A yellow is 11 to 20. A green is 21 to 30. Blue is 31 to 40. Indigo is 41 to 50. And a violet dragon is 51 years or more. He he moves right through his Roji Biv there. I was going to make that same joke and he beat me to it. Every fairy dragon is named Roy. There's That's the rule. That would be my table. The oldest one is at least Roy. No, goes, the older, I think the young ones are Roy and the older ones are Biv. That's true. Yeah, they call me Biv. I'm it's putting that name. in a game. Biv? Yeah, it's not a good <laughs> name. <laughs> what can I tell you? 
Bell Biv. Tell me about this stat block. So the stat block. So the fairy dragon is a tiny dragon, and he's chaotic good. So... Not yeah. the Maybe the pranks aren't that mean. He's got an armor class of 15, hit points of 14, or 4d4 plus 4, uh, a speed of 10 feet, and a flying speed of 60 feet. He has a 3... A, a, a minus 4 to strength, a plus Ooh. 5 to dex, a plus 1 to con, a plus 2 to intelligence, a plus 1 to wisdom, and a plus 3 to charisma. So, he's... So not strong. Not strong, very dexterous. And not super good at knocking things off of shelves as a cat-sized dragon. He might I... struggle with the heavier objects. The heavier, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he'll, he'll charisma it off. That's that's how that works. Yeah, that's yes. nothing. That's how He's... physical interaction works. <laughs> that's nothing. In D&D, yes, that is how it works. Yes. <laughs> um, his skills are Kenna plus four, a perception of plus three, a plus seven to stealth. Um, uh, he has dark vision for 60 feet and passive perception of 13. They speak Draconic, Draconic and Sylvan. And it's a challenge rating of one for a red, orange, and yellow. So for Roy, Roy's a, one. Roy's a one, and then G-Biv is a two. Ooh, tough. Biv is out there. Biv's yeah, he's try got to kill harder you. problems to solve. He's got more problems. He's got arthritis. He's got... <laughs> I'm in his Diabetes. pranks. I'm in his pranks are, are tougher. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. He's got tougher puzzle pranks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe cat lymphoma. I don't know. Cat cancer is a real problem these days. For fairy dragons? Maybe. I don't know if there's a vaccine for it. I know that. Do they cough up scale balls instead of hairballs? Oh, I bet no, that's rough. Why? Either way, it's coming in or out. Why would you do any of that? I don't know. He doesn't... He Actually, the picture of him, he's kind of like blue with a purple ridge back and then like butterfly wings. And and but his face is vicious. Yeah, he's got little little pointy, needly looking teeth. Uh, but it doesn't look like scales. He looks smooth, like a dolphin. But I, but I guess if you're if you're really tiny, your scales are really tiny. That's true. He looks smooth. It's kind of a Gulliver's Travel situation we got going on here. I don't get that reference, but all right. I know Jack Black played him in a movie, and that was it. No, oh, deep cut. <laughs> when you get really small, the skin of very large people, the the cracks between it, the pores are huge. Oh, disgusting. No. A- and then when people are really small and you see them and you're the big one, they look nice and smooth. and Baby yeah. smooth skin. Baby smooth. It's just because the, all the holes are smaller. Mm. I'll just roll past that them. book? A little Is... bit. Because he's... Am I... Am I mixing up my books? No, Gulliver's right Travels, book. where he goes and he like goes to like an island of giants, and then he goes to an island of tiny. No, people. it's it's the right book. Okay. I just don't remember discussions about skin in it. Yep, yep, it's there. Okay. Aww, kids remember the strangest things from like middle school. I remember the giants. Yep, yep. Uh so his uh abilities so superior invisibility. As a bonus action, the dragon can magically turn invisible until its concentration ends, as if concentrating on a spell. Any equipment the dragon wears or carries is invisible with it. And so now that he said equipment with the dragon, I'm imagining like a little bitty bondolier on this dragon, but also goes invisible with him. Yes. And a hat. And a hat. Maybe a monocle. If it's a biv, it can have a monocle. 
anything in the Roy yeah. region might work sunglasses inside. So just got to be careful. With yeah. that. Uh, he has limited telepathy. So using telepathy, the dragon can magically communicate with any other fairy dragon within 60 feet. So only to his kind. Um, which I, 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 now I want a swarm of fairy dragons. Yes. Like a flock of butterflies. A gaggle of cats. No, that's not right. What's a group of cats called? A litter? No. I don't think that's right. No. <laughs> now I have to look it up. <laughs> Wait, keep going. I'm looking it up. Magic, magic resistance. The dragon has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. And then innate spellcasting. The dragon's innate spellcasting ability is charisma, um, which is a plus three. Um, a spell save of a DC 13. It can innately cast a number of spells requiring no magical component, material components. As the dragon ages and changes color, it gains additional spells as shown below. So, when he's just a little baby dragon, he has dancing lights, mage hand, and mirror illusion. Minor illusion. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I can read. Ah. Uh, and then as he ages, each each of his colors, so orange, he gets color spray. Yellow, he gets mirror image. Minor illusion and mirror image. All right. Green, he gets suggestion. Blue, he has major image. Indigo, he has hallucinatory terrain. And violet, he can polymorph. Ooh, polymorph. Wow. That's a powerful cat. Yes. With teethies. Um, and speaking of teethies, his actions are bite, which is a melee attack of plus seven to hit, a reach of five feet for one creature. On a hit, it does one piercing damage. So, Ooh, dangerous. He doesn't even get to roll for damage. He's not, we, we just, he's a minus four to strength. He's not a fighter. Uh, Euphoria Breath. Mm. Uh, it's the opposite of Morning Breath. The dragon exhales a puff of euphoria gas at one creature within five feet of it. The target must succeed on a DC-11 wisdom saving roll, or for one minute, the target can't take reactions and must roll a D6 at the start of each of its turns to determine its behavior during the turn. On a roll of one through four, the target takes no action or bonus action and uses all of its movement to move in a random direction. On a 5 through a 6, the target doesn't move, and the only thing it can do on its turn is make a DC-11 wisdom saving throw, ending the effect on itself on a success. The DC's low, but that would be very distracting for a party. Also, a wild way to get high. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, yeah. You just get this dragon breeze on you, you get high, and you just run in random circles. That sounds like a blast. I mean, yeah, you're in the middle of a fairy dragon forest. Probably pretty good. So legal high. Do you, do you take it by just like squeezing the dragon into your face, like the, <laughs> the ones that are addicted to it? I'm addicted to fairy dragon dust. Uh, I have a supplier. His name is Biv. I get it in the forest. <laughs> They're all named Biv. He just uses it to pay for his Medicare. <laughs> that's yeah that's that's the fairy dragon you uh y'all got any experience with these little dudes i do so there is an adventure league module that uses a fairy dragon to essentially warn the party from not entering an area or they will die and it is a very Spoilers. nice warning 
I didn't tell you the name of it, and I couldn't remember to save my life. So, <laughs> light spoilers at the best. So, um, this one in particular acted on its own, and it tried to like convince the group to like, hey, don't don't do that. Um, there are other ones where these might be able to be counted as um, uh, kind of familiars if you're lucky. Uh, your DM has to be very nice for you to get that one, particularly if you got a biv one. Um, yeah, that sounds fun. However, these things would be probably an easy a task as long as they're not invisible. Now, they do have invisibility, right? Superior. It, superior. So they don't lose it if they attack, correct? Uh, they have to maintain concentration. So. Yes. So as long as they're concentrating and if they're not hit, they can act without doing anything. So, or they can act without losing their invisibility. So if that's the case, these guys are popping all over the battlefield, moving quickly. Their speed is like 60, isn't it? Uh, flying 60. 60 feet. If they're walking, around. it's only 10. Oh, they got little little leggies. So Ooh. with that, I could see them being a little concerning in an encounter if they're invisible and messing with the party. This is a great way to teach your party maybe to work together to try and solve a problem. Maybe they're invisible. Maybe they're trying to perceive them. That is a plus seven to stealth. That's better than my fifth level rogue right now, or third level, fourth level rogue right now, which is nice. But um i think a group of them which i looked it up a group of cats is called a clowder I'll, okay it sounds like clam chowder and i don't like it so alternatives I like it none. <laughs> are a clutter a glaring or a pounce i'm kind of leaning towards a pounce of fairy dragons oh yeah I well glaring. i was thinking glaring for cats yeah our one of our cats is a very good glare so i just, just sitting under the desk right now staring as awkward as possible with this but if you get a group of them if they call in the cavalry and they just have like a bunch of them popping around invisibly and holding that invisibility this could be a very very challenging for low level party members if you happen to spot them or cast something on them like fairy fire to make sure that they are no longer invisible much less efficient because they're gonna get hit and they have what 14 hp they they might get hit once and they ain't gotta do well um yeah if seems you're... like seems like if they're if their movement around the battlefield is flying, they would be quite susceptible to like a wind spell. Yes, I think it's, it's something that definitely hits hard for sure. Um, one thing you could do though is use them to kind of message people and kind of bug them because they could just whisper things like "there's a breeze" because it has to fly right to move quickly, and it's telling you stay out of the woods or I wouldn't go in there or whatever. And it's just kind of being a little creepy dragon. I think there's a way to kind of scare the party. And I think the fun reveal would be like, maybe they're going for a creepy haunted vibe. And then out of nowhere comes a small glittery butterfly winged dragon with tiny, tiny teeth that only does one damage when it hits you. And I think it's a good way to psych your party out. It's just like, hey, danger be coming. And then you have Biv just doing its best, <laughs> trying to make that money. Um, use that euphoria breath it does not require concentration to use so it should be blasting somebody in the face as often as it can to make sure that they are a little loosey-goosey particularly the heaviest hitter um, if there's a caster i would use that to try and knock them out too so hit your heavy hitter and your caster that way you can kind of keep your invisibility as a fairy dragon as long as possible as a dm mm -hmm. so my question on the euphoria euphoria i've said it several times now euphoria breath is it says recharge 5-6 correct what does that mean 
on the dragon's turn, the DM would roll a d6, and if the dice roll was a five or a six, it recharges. Awesome. Otherwise, they don't have it. So you might not get it every single time, but it is something handy to use. You should start the encounter with it, unless maybe you are Biv and you actually are selling it off on the side of the road uh, for a bit of euphoria for some people. But (laughs) other than that, you start with the encounter with it, you hit somebody, and then on your turn, you roll again at the beginning. Very important for all DMs out there, remember your recharges. Unless you're dealing with a dragon, maybe don't do it unless the party's really high level because a recharge breath attack hurts a lot. Like people die, unless that's what I you're mean, going not euphoria for. Breath. Unless euphoria there's something breath. bigger around hitting. <laughs> Maybe yeah. there's a cliff right there. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that would be fun. Maybe that's what it's warning against, and then it's just like, but if I euphoria breath it, they'll die. It's that's a rough decision. Hopefully the dragon's not like, ooh, better stop them. Maybe they're invisibly tripping them. We'll see. Don't worry, he's got a plus one to wisdom. I'm sure he can figure it out. He'll figure it out. He's just a cat <laughs> performing physics. Uh huh. Yeah. Performing physics—that's what all cats do, right? Yeah, they're yeah, all little no. scientists. <laughs> that is true. Their scientific uh, method is fuck around and find out. That's very true. I was thinking about so the the last spell the dragon gets when it reaches the ripe old age of what fifty, it gets polymorph, and I don't remember the details of polymorph, but I was trying to think of how to have fun with that. Can you polymorph another creature? Or can you only polymorph yourself? Polymorph can be cast on another creature. Yes. There is a... I want to say for polymorph, it is a charisma save. So you could just be like turning the other... The players into random, I guess, animals. You can, yeah. Any beast, I believe, is what it does. Uh, It should be up to like CR like 3 or something for that spell. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while. But yeah, you you can polymorph and turn them into something less harmful, like a sheep that's running around or whatever. Just know that as soon as they take damage exceeding the HP of whatever you turn them into, they are gone. They're they they turn back to their normal forms. Oh, okay. They're oh, not they're, they're not, not dead. dead. No, no, no. It, it carries <laughs> okay. over. So if if they have six <laughs> HP and you hit them for eight, the form takes six, and then their character takes two. Gotcha. Okay. Same thing That's how I thought it worked, but you were implying that they went unconscious. The they way did not go unconscious unless you do all of the damage. So if it has one HP and the character underneath it has six and you do eight, unconscious. Nice. Sleepy, sleepy time uh, for them. Well, can you... Yeah. I guess my, my thought would be as a trickster, he might polymorph one... Uh, one party member into something kind of terrifying to the other party members. Like, you are still in control of your faculties, polymorphed. Right. But if you transform him into something that doesn't speak uh, language and he's like at the back of the party and all of a sudden the party turns around and there's this thing there. That is true. It is important to note polymorph is a concentration spell. So the dragon would no yeah. lo- not be able to go invisible. If they are concentrating ah. on that spell. Uh, makes sense. Yes. He's pretty small. I mean, tiny, actually. Yeah, that's tiny. Yeah, very small on the field. Kitty. Yes, Max has joined the recording session. Doing his best. I love that you're just patting his butt and it's slowly rising into the air like, more, mother, more. That is that is his preferred action. Foot pads. All right, shall we move on to our item? Yeah, let's do it. All right, our item for this week is the Robe of Eyes, which I just thought was creepy. creepy. 
This is a wondrous item, which is rare and requires attunement. Um, this robe is adorned with eye-like patterns. While you wear the robe, you gain the following benefits. The robe lets you see in all directions and you have advantage on wisdom checks that rely on sight. You have dark vision out to a range of 120 feet. You can see invisible creatures and objects as well as see into the ethereal plane out to a range of 120 feet. The eyes on the robe cannot be closed or averted, so although you close or avert your own eyes, you are never considered to be doing so while wearing this robe. Uh, so you see all things all the time, I guess. You can't not look. Um, a light spell cast on the robe or a daylight spell cast within five feet of the robe causes you to be blinded for one minute because you cannot look away. Ouch. And at the end of each of your turns, you can make a constitution saving throw, DC 11 for light or DC 15 for daylight, to end the blindness on a success. So, yeah, I like this robe because I was flipping through our, our good old uh, uh, DM's guide. And I came across this robe that's just a maroon robe covered in a bunch of weird looking eyes just all over it. And I was like, what? is this thing and it's the robe of eyes and it lets you see all the things everywhere in the dark in the ethereal plane if they're invisible can't look away what um page number is that on sorry that is on page 193 and 194 of the dm's guide nice so that's that would be a very handy i would say it is wondrous meaning there's some limited availability of it rare mm -hmm. is the item level rarity so it would be rares around level five ish depending on how forgiving your dm is around the value of items and when your party could get them so you get uncommon and common items from one to five and then at five you might qualify for around rare magic items otherwise your party is a little powerful so yeah, that's a handy dandy robe of eyes. I like the ability to see into the ethereal plane. That could be very handy with creatures that um, live in the ethereal plane. Heads up, look at the hags. They're horrible and they're terrifying on the ethereal plane. Uh, I think the night But hags... also uh, would be a handy item to have if you have a fairy dragon pop up. That is true. That is a good counteractive measure for a fairy dragon because you could be able to like, I see you because you're invisible now uh does the fairy dragon have a light spell though oh what a light, light spell. spell i know it has minor illusion i don't think it has daylight no so dancing lights dancing lights it wasn't listed surprisingly light is a touch no. spell that you actually have to put it on an object and daylight is a powerful light spell higher i think level three maybe maybe level two don't quote me on that. It's been a while. I don't have a book. In, I do have books in front of me, but I'm not going to open one to look that up. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, with that, I like that item. It's very handy, uh, unless you're blinded by it. Um, I'm kind of concerned on the sleeping because it says if you close your eyes, you can't see it. I would say as a DM, if you're wearing that and you're always able to see what's around you, they're probably going to be pretty hard to sneak up on, which actually leads me to our tip for today, which is the surprise round. So I'm going to be like the others, and I'm going to read from the book. Uh, so this is going to be found on page 189 of the Player's Handbook in the Combat section, so Chapter 9. And it says, The DM determines who might be surprised. If neither tr side tries to be stealthy, they automatically notice each other. Otherwise, the DM compares the dexterity stealth checks from anyone hiding with the passive wisdom perception score of each creature on the opposite side. 
Any character or monster that doesn't notice a threat is surprised at the start of the encounter. If you're surprised, you can't move or take an action on your first turn of the combat, and you can't take a reaction until the turn ends. A member of the group can be surprised even if other members aren't. So, with that, this is a good way. The Code of Eyes, I would say, if you're looking around, um, it doesn't necessarily provide... Does it say advantage on perception checks? Mm-mm. No. So, they're constantly looking. You, I think Oh, wait, is, yes. Yeah. Advantage checks that rely... Uh, wisdom and perception checks that rely on sight. Correct. So, so wearing yes. that at night would be handy. As a DM, this does say, or the DM's guide in particular says, you are doing wisdom perception score passive, which is 10 plus your wisdom score. So let's say you have one party member who has a plus five, the other has a plus one. Their passive is 15 and one, 11, respectively. So 11 could easily be snuck up on if the player rolled a 14, but the one who rolled a 15 clearly won't, won't be surprised uh notice they can be separate though so if one person sees them and the other doesn't unless they're making an alert but if combat engages immediately that is when you start the surprise round so the the thing about surprise rounds is that in 3.54e they were actually called rounds this isn't technically a full surprise round because usually if you were in a surprise round the entire party would be affected the entire group would be affected since this only works on specific enemies, it's not around anymore. It just impacts that creature. So there are many ways to counteract this, having somebody on watch because that is an active role instead of passive perception. There's also uh, the use of the alert feat, which means you cannot be surprised. There's a few ranger abilities that kind of show up every now and then for certain classes that like you and your party cannot be snuck up on in your favorite terrain and all this stuff. And so being surprised can really throw you off guard. Uh, surprise rounds are awesome if you're trying to take out a one single person or if you are um, maybe trying to either tackle someone to the ground, do whatever you can to hit somebody and knock them out for one round of combat. Remember that D&D functions as an action economy. The more turns you get, the worse off the other person is. So if you guys get six turns and six players, but the boss gets six turns as a single, you kind of got a single thing. I don't know any boss that has six attacks in a turn. But yeah, I was gonna say that's a you're gonna beast. have a hard time. Uh, there's some br- homebrew that has like five I've played with. They're really fun. I murdered a lot of people in a sewer, uh, but <laughs> it was great. I love it. I wish I remember the name of it. We might have done an episode on it, but I tortured the party with it because uh, it was pretty much unkillable too. It was great. So uh, whenever you're thinking about it, use that surprise round. Sneak up on your party. Great for a rogue. They kind of already get that with their sneak attack damage, but as long as they are surprised, you get an extra round of combat on them before they can react themselves. So, with that, any questions? So, so I, I, I guess if it's not the entire party that's surprised, but only an individual that's surprised, does the the one sneaking up always know which one that they surprised? Um, I would say as the DM, you should know that just because it adds flavor to the encounter. Like, if the party did something good, you want to reward them for that. So, if you find, like, somebody is surprised and maybe they fumble with their weapon for a second and that takes them out of the round mechanically mm-hmm. they already lose that turn right you can't take an action on your first turn of the combat and you can't take a reaction it doesn't say you can't take a bonus action that is the only thing you can do when you were surprised mm-hmm. um 
But if that's the case, then I, as a thing, party member, would say, you're getting the jump on them. You know they're clearly not prepared for this. But you can also see their friend who's guarding with them is well aware of your presence, has already picked up their weapon. So give them the information, flavor that scene, and make sure that they're aware that they did make something work. For some, not all. Especially if they were trying. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate your attention and your time. Uh, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. If you've just found us, you can find us on your podcasters of choice. We're on Spotify, Apple, you name it. Give us a review if you feel like it. Uh, we have social media, and I'm going to try to be good and give Adrian the passwords because I'm bad at social media. And uh, we can hopefully do some things there. Hopefully we'll go back to our standard meme posting because when Jamie was a co-host, that was my favorite part. I got to see memes for free without having to look. So (laughs) not that memes should be costly. Don't pay for memes. If it's an NFT, you know who you are. So uh, How are we supposed to support the meme economy, though? The meme economy is self-sufficient. I think we're okay. All right. There's always going to be memes until the internet goes down, and then we'll just scribble it on stone and throw it at people. It's funded by boredom, and there's plenty of that to go around. Oh, God, especially right now. So, with that, (laughs) let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Everybody say bye. Bye! Bye!